Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour three. Hi there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the third hour of the program across the nation, 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, uh, those of you on the phones, stand by. I will get to your phone calls first. I, I got to tell you, this is what I was going to tell you in the last segment until I went on my tirade about banks. It's not just you. You are not alone. Your host had to do his year-end performance review. That's right. Required to do it by my corporate robber barons. They make us do these things. And so during commercial break, that's how long it took during commercial break. I did my year-end performance review. But wait! When I did my year-end performance review, it turns out... I had not done my mid-year performance review. (laughs) I had no idea how to even get into the system. I had to figure out how to get in. Then it told me my password had expired, so I had to put in a new password. So then I put in a new password, and then I was able to get in and complete the mid-year performance review. And once that was done, then I could grade myself for the year-end performance review. I should not be discussing the internal business of radio like this. But I just, I don't know. I've always thought it was not a good sign with this one-size-fits-all corporate approach to things like this. But there you have This is a policy carryover from back when we were part of this massive family-owned conglomerate. And maybe at some point we can get out of the madness of having to do things that really don't apply. I, But your host had to do it too. I just want you to know I'm right there with you in, in white collar, blue collar job performance review America. <sighs> just a cog in a wheel of someone else's. Now I can move on to other things. I want to go straight to, uh, well, nope. Well, Greg, Greg, so my buddy Greg is listening and he texts me relevant news and I would not have known this news had he not just texted me and I was going to take a phone call. But before I take the phone call, I got to deal with this news because Greg is right as he usually is. And this is very important. Uh, Microsoft, Amazon, and other tech companies have laid off more than 60,000 employees in the last year. Microsoft is announcing it's laying off more than 10,000 additional ones, and the Dow Jones is tanking. The Dow is down 422 points. The S&P 500 down 42 points. The NASDAQ down 89.99 points. The markets, the January, like, uh, bounce of the market, it's come crashing. It looks like it was a dead cat bounce is what it was. And now it's coming back down. And it comes on the heels of all of these layoffs that are coming from all of these companies, major tech companies. This is a troubling, problematic sign for our economy. You know, the mood in Davos, among the corporate robber barons, 
is that uh, despite the what everybody says, we're probably headed towards hard times as a nation. Now, I could tell you we're headed hard, towards hard times because Jim Cramer on CNBC says he doesn't see any signs of it. Cramer thinks the world is headed towards so, some happy place, it seems like, for the markets. And when if Jim Cramer were to come out and tell me the sky is blue, I would suddenly have to question whether or not I think the sky is blue or not. When Kramer's coming out telling me that the world is fine and the economy is going going gangbusters or whatever he said, uh, hold on to your wallets. It's going to be a rough ride. And and yes, the Dow is down, was almost 500 points. It's still down below 400 points. And Microsoft is announcing more layoffs, even as its CEO has decided to hop his private flight to Davos. Probably not good message signaling there. Now I shall go to Paul, who's been waiting. Paul, welcome to the program while the markets are in free fall. Hey, Eric, glad to be on the show. I listen to you every day. Um, you'd made a comment um, on Monday's show about the, uh, the, the the way that teenagers used to be able to go get a job and, and learn life skills. I agree with that 100%. I think we need to get back to that. But the way that the economy is right now and the way that things are, are constantly being inflated you know, the people that are in retirement age, they can't afford to do that. They're having to go out and get these minimum wage jobs or these part-time jobs working at Burger King, McDonald's, whatever, just to supplement their income, which is shoving the younger generation out where they can't get those jobs. And and it's it's a sad thing when when we live in a society that, you know, we work all our lives to get to retirement and finally be able to get to retirement and we can't even retire. You know, I, I really think that uh, something needs to change and, and I, I hope it comes very soon. All right. So, Paul, first of all, uh, I largely ignored everything you said because I was still hung up on the fact that you could quote chapter and verse of when I said something. And even I can't do that. And I'm rather jealous. <laughs> you know, people seem to think I mean, I have people come up to me right after a show and say, oh, that thing you said the two o'clock hour. I, I don't know what the heck they're talking about. It it once it leaves my mouth, it goes out of my brain. And, and you, on the other hand, are like on Monday, you said this. I happen. I do remember saying that. And it was kind of my point. But you actually you, you did a very good job of expanding on and it's a real problem um you the young people in america can't get the job skills because the retirees are having to go back to work because the economy sucks and no one yeah. seems to be paying attention to that uh, my buddy tom cotton actually in the senate is one of the people who has talked about this uh, one of the very few that it is becoming a job skills problem and a retirement problem crisis at the same time, eh, people have to go back to work. Uh, with the markets now crashing down 20%, uh, my buddy David Nicholas, who handles some of my money for me, was on here the other day saying he expects another 20% crash in the market over the next year. Uh, and yeah, I, I, there are all sorts of warning signs that there's a lot more instability to come. So, Paul, one, I appreciate you being able to document when I said something, a skill that I lack. And two, you're right. Uh, and for those of you who don't appreciate this, this undermines the free market. Now, I, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go there. Hadn't got an email, someone complaining about my call screener. I need you to understand the way the world works is on the org chart. I am the head of this company. And the call screener is beneath me. 
but really nothing is beneath him. Just, just so you understand this, <laughs> but it's very much like marriage. I am the head of the household and all are beneath me in the house. But the reality is, yes, dear, is a common phrase that comes out of my mouth. Just as yes, Charlie is a common phrase that comes out of my mouth at the office. It doesn't matter what the org chart says. The reality is um, my wife won't let me fire Charlie. Therefore, he reigns supreme at the office. And I should be able to dictate these terms, but I'm my wife is in charge. <laughs> we had a caller who wanted to raise questions and concerns, shall I say, about capitalism. We undermine the market when we are not mindful of the paths people go and take to get skills. One of the most common paths in America is high school students taking minimum wage jobs. Minimum wage jobs were never intended to be permanent paid jobs. Minimum wage jobs were intended to incentivize employers hiring young people to come in and get job skills so that they could eventually work their way up. They could get a resume line. They could develop work skills. They could develop responsibility and then move on. For a lot of people, they began to just take the minimum wage job and never looked at self-improvement. They made bad life choices. Some of them, dare I say, a controversial statement that I stand by, they failed at life. There are some people who get mad at me when I say that, but some people fail at life. They just suck. And I'm sorry if you don't like it when I say that, but you know exactly what I mean. You know people in your life who make every bad decision. You can see it coming. You try to help them, and they can't help themselves. They want to make the bad decision. And they make the bad decision, and then they get mad at the employer for only paying them a minimum wage job. Like, well, had you bothered to finish out your education and not make the bad decision, you could be making money. And instead, you're going to go on strike and demand McDonald's pay you 20 bucks an hour because you screwed up your life and somehow it's their fault. I don't have much sympathy for you. I'm sorry. It's tough love, but you suck. You failed at life. Oh, it's awful, Eric. How can you say that about people made in God's image? Well, we're all sinners and we live in a fallen world. And this particular person didn't bother to repent. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Minimum wage jobs were designed for high school kids. And now we live in a place where it's even worse. We have a worse setup. Not only are the minimum wage jobs, are kids shut out for the minimum wage jobs because of the idiots who screwed up at life and can't move beyond the minimum wage job. We've got a bunch of retirees. Now that minimum wage in some parts of the country is $15 an hour, we've got these retirees who've seen their retirement wiped out by the government's bad decisions and terrible public policy that's affected the economy and inflation on the rise. And they're thinking, I got to go back to work. At least it's going to be $15 an hour instead of $7.95. And so you got the, the, the idiots who failed at life working the minimum wage. Now you got the retirees coming back in. And you know what's happening is the retirees are competent, good people with hardworking job skills. And so now even the idiots are getting fired and more retirees are filling up their jobs. So the upside is your burger order at McDonald's is probably going to be completed accurately. The downside is we got all these unemployed idiots who are going to go on welfare. Gosh, it's hard-hearted. I know it sounds that way, but you know what I mean. Don't be mad at me for just telling you the painful truth. The retirees who have earned their retirement, 
who should be able to stay home, travel, and enjoy the grandkids. Inflation's so bad. I mean, one egg's like 20 bucks these days. They're having to go back to work, and they should not have to. And the problem is that the solutions that people throw out sound emotionally appealing. We should have socialism. We should have a giant social safety net. We should tax the corporations and the wealthy and let everyone else relax. Sounds good, doesn't work in practice. The world's tried it in other places and it doesn't work out. And meanwhile, we got a bunch of kids who can't get a good job, who are trying to develop a work ethic. And we're head patting them and not developing a work ethic with them. And they're going to get out into society and screw everything up because they don't know hard work. Talking to this Chick-fil-A operator a while back. It's been a while now. I've mentioned it on the radio program. He said he has, he has kids who show up. They don't show up the next day. Or they show up and they make demands on the business on how they're going to work and when they're going to work and how they're going to work and what they're going to do. And doesn't work that way. Tell my kids all the time, you show up early, you stay late, you work hard. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. Don't argue with them when they tell you to do something. You're not asking why. You're not asking for an explanation. You're just doing it. You're doing the message to Garcia thing. They tell you to go clean the ice cream machine at the Chick-fil-A. You go figure out how to clean the ice cream machine at Chick-fil-A. Pull out your phone and Google it if you have to, but you figure it out, get the job done, and shine as an employee, and one day you will be called boss. We are in a terrible economic environment, and the work ethic of too many people is crap. If you want your kid to get ahead, you make sure they have great work ethic. And if you're a retiree, most of you are probably voting Republican right now to fix the economy. Just convince your friends and family they need to do it as well so you can stay home and enjoy the grandkids. Because, you know, the free market system actually is the best on the planet. And right now, our government's so busy picking winners and losers, you can't really call it a free market when both the Republicans and the Democrats want to pick the winners and losers and pervert the market in the first place. It's bad for all of us. we got to get back to the old ways of doing things. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now, with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlinBranch.com. That's BowlinBranch, B-O-L-L. Andbranch.com. The promo code is Eric, E R I C K. Bullet Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that get softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bolandbranch.com. That's bolandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code ERIC. Hello there, it's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Just uh, this video, somebody sent it to me of a woman walking through the decon course at Atlanta, Hartsfield, Two Dead Mares International Airport. And she's got one of the fire extinguishers out and she's spraying it at people. And a second video has come out now of her walking down the concourse, spraying the fire extinguisher and it turns, according to the caption, uh, people are saying it's because 
She walked out of the Buffalo Wild Wings at the airport and refused to pay her bill and is now roaming with the fire extinguisher was uh, some time ago. People are insane. Are they? Why? The world's just gone crazy. This was kind of Brian Kemp's one of the, the points he made at Davos is we got so many public health officials who it's their job to care about public health and the government elevated them so much and the government, the job of the leaders is not to worry about public health, it's to worry about the whole health of the people. It's to worry about their health and their jobs and their well-being and their education, their family, everything. And we, for the last several years, have, have only prioritized public health. And rates of depression and despair and suicide and bankruptcies and, and closures have gone up. A buddy of mine, uh, David, was headed to New Orleans. He wanted to go over the other day. He didn't go to the one place I, I, I really wish he'd gone because it was old haunt of mine. Guys, pull boys, this place has been there since I was born. But he was asking me for recommendations on places to go. And I was like, oh, let me recommend this place. Oh, it's closed, out of business now. What about this place? Up oh, closed, out of business now. The restaurants of America, some of the, the, the great old restaurants going out of business because of COVID. We prioritized keeping people locked up in their homes far longer than should have. 15 days to stop the spread that turned into months on end for some people in some states causing businesses to go out of business, causing government spending and debt to rise, causing inflation to rise. There was no balance. There was justification from one bureaucrat, one bureaucratic side of the government to justify themselves at the expense of everything else. And it has just rocked our world and caused crazy to be amplified. And now the Chinese have given us this app called TikTok that allows us to normalize the crazy and amplify the crazy. And so many people have taken the bait on it. We, You cannot come to my house and use my Wi-Fi and get on TikTok or Snapchat. You can't do it. We've blocked it. Do not want you on my internet using those apps. Uh, because I, 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 first of all, listen, I am a middle-aged married dude. I should not be on TikTok or, or on uh, Snapchat, rather. Uh, if you're a middle-aged married dude, you should not be on an app like that. Um and TikTok, I don't want my kids on that trash. Uh, they watch TikTok videos that people have compiled on YouTube. <laughs> when we come back, uh, there is a, a you know, we, we talk about Portland and the Antifa crazies in Portland taking things over. There's a place outside of Atlanta, Georgia, where one has been killed today by a police officer. Another police officer shot. I need to bring you the details. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number. 877-973-7425. Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing, Eric? Good. How are you? I'm actually having a really good day. Um, I was good. just listening to your conversation talking about uh, minimum wage and, and the like. I had a, a thought a while back that I talked with both my friends on the left and the right, which I actually do have both. Um, instead of a... Um, you know, a higher minimum wage. How about a um, a cost of living wage at say five years of dedication to the company? So the scenario would be you got a kid who starts a job in high school, and and 
as he gets out of high school, he stays with the job. He's guaranteed a living wage, whether he goes to college or not, or that kind of a thing. But a, a, at you know five years or so, a guaranteed living wage as opposed to jacking up the minimum wage. Because I don't think a lot of people understand the cost of training and uh, you know getting new people in and that kind of thing. So. Well, I isn't was, that though how how a lot of companies work though? You, you, every year you get a little bit of a pay raise, and and five years in, ten years in, you may even get a an, a, a bump up as a reward for being with the company that long. I mean, I, I don't know that that's necessarily applicable to every company, but I think a lot of them do that. Uh, they they do close. I mean, I've worked for for several companies here in Orlando, Florida, um, and you know they. They do have steady pay raises, but at that five-year mark, you're not necessarily guaranteed what would be considered a living wage for your particular area of the country. So, uh, just a you know, if, if you set that, hey, if you show dedication to the company, you learn the skills, and you actually show you know the, the merit that you're building, what you're what you're earning is, you know, at this age we will keep you, or you know, year to year we will keep you at a wage that actually you can sustain yourself on because that's one of the biggest arguments that I've heard is like, well, you can't live on it. You have to have roommates. You have to have all this kind of thing. But if you, if you showed the dedication to a company, kind of a merit-based thing, I'm very much a meritocracy person. I understand where unions come from and that kind of a thing, but they have a tendency to breed mediocrity because everybody gets the same thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the, the idea of, well, if you show that you're a dedicated employee and you work that hard, well, when then we guarantee that you will be able to, that you'll have an income that you can actually sustain yourself on. Look, I, I like the idea. I, I guess my hesitancy would be a government mandate that it happened, but I think it makes sense for uh, some companies in particular, given the revenue streams, to be able to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and, the, you know, there is also the situation for a lot of people starting out, Bill, that you you are in a situation where you're not making a ton of money and oftentimes do have roommates or whatnot. I, I'll tell you, uh, I started out as a lawyer in a law firm where I had to defer my student loans for the first year because I was not making a lot of money. Uh, my wife's and my combined annual salary was barely $50,000, I think, uh, somewhere in there. And, and it finally upped over every year until like I was on the verge of being a partner and got out of practicing law right as I was up for partnership because I, I I don't know that I would have been able to make a living honestly uh, I was not a spectacular there were things that I did as a lawyer that I was really good at but I the overall practice of law I didn't like it um, clients just uh, you can't be a lawyer without clients and all the clients have solvable problems they didn't want to solve they wanted to argue about I just I, it, it's I, I didn't do it Um and that, the, but the company was one of those companies where they, they, there's no way they could have afforded to do that. Even with a, a government mandate, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, you would have started with such a much lower wage to get there. Uh, but for companies that can, if you work for Apple, for example, or biggest company on the planet now, or Exxon, uh, you, you work five years and suddenly you, you get a really good pay raise as an incentive for being loyal for that long. Yeah, I, I think so. If the company can and afford to do it, I'm loath for the government, though, to dictate these terms. I think a number of companies actually do do stuff like that already, though. I would just hate for the government to mandate it because it, it's kind of like the, the whole performance review thing. Um, this one-size-fits-all approach, even internally in some companies, it just doesn't work. And yet uh, there's a corporate mindset that uh, we should create this sort of bureaucratic 
uh, review process that employees go through all the time and as opposed to let them work and, and let people shine. Now, I'm going to move on. Uh, I want to talk about this story. It's local to me, but it's actually of national import. It's become a national news story. You've heard a lot, I suspect, about the Portland, Oregon situation. I, I know Fox News has covered it uh, pretty extensively. The Antifa riots there, they're trying to take over the federal courthouse. What they've done in downtown Portland, Oregon, it's turned into a third world hellhole. Crime is on the rise. Businesses are shuttering and fleeing for the suburbs. It just hasn't been a good situation. And in large part, it sounds like the local government and the state government in Oregon have kind of just given up. Atlanta, Georgia has some land where they intend to develop a training facility. Ironically, this is a facility that is being built to improve the police training system, to teach better behaviors, to teach different ways of training, uh, and... It has been called Cop City by the left. And Antifa has taken over the property. Now, the governor of the state of Georgia, Brian Kemp, the attorney general, even the local legislators and, and local executives at county and city government, that basically said they're tired of the BS. Antifa, and it was a lot of people by and large uh, from outside of Georgia showed up. There were not a lot, there were some Georgians, don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of people outside of Georgia who came in and began camping on this plot of land, refusing to allow it to be taken over. They built tree houses and they got up in the trees so that if you tried to cut down the trees to clear the land, you were going to kill these people. And of course, the government wasn't going to do that. Might have, should have. But they didn't because they're better people than the Antifa people. A Georgia State Patrol officer headed out there this morning because they've decided to clear the land and they're forcing the protesters off the land. And the protesters shot him. One of the protesters was killed in the confrontation. A protester fired a shot, hitting the officer. Officers returned fire and killed the suspect. The state trooper is undergoing surgery, is in stable condition. Names have not yet been released. This is essentially a terror outfit. In an email, the organization called Stop Cop City ATL said, it is not clear if the Georgia State Patrol trooper was injured by police fire or a protester or a police-induced action. They're trying to avoid responsibility. This is the statement. Police have repeatedly raided the protest encampments in Wheelawnee Forest, 
harassed and detained neighbors walking through the park and attacked protesters with tear gas and rubber bullets. During past raids, police have consistently escalated violent tactics on protesters who were sitting in trees or standing in a public park. On multiple occasions, they've cut tree limbs and rope out from under tree sitters in a fashion likely to cause serious injury or death. Today's raid began with numerous armed police shutting down a public road and pointing guns into the park. That's their spin. Here's what's actually happening. This so-called park is a plot of land acquired by the state in order to build a training facility to improve the training of police officers in the state. And Antifa, covering their faces with black cloth, they have moved in and taken over to prevent the police from building this training facility. The local government in DeKalb County, Georgia, wants it. The police want it. Many in the local neighborhood, by the way, they're in favor of it as well. But Antifa doesn't actually want the police to be trained better. It's kind of a shame that this news coverage isn't willing to call them Antifa when they themselves will call themselves Antifa. And they're finally cracking down. Now, the protester, according to the police and eyewitnesses, fired first. Notice the statement from the Antifa types. We don't know who did this, and it could have been officers shooting officers, or it was provoked by the police officers being present. This is from the AJC, the Atlanta Journal Constitution. More, for more than a year now, the site and surrounding areas in southwest Cab County have been an epicenter for controversy and clashes between activists and law enforcement. Six people were arrested last month and charged with domestic terrorism in related to activities protesting the training center. More traditional forms of protest have taken place, including a demonstration. But extreme activists have thrown Molotov cocktails, rocks, and other objects at police and contractors. They've destroyed machinery. And anonymous bloggers have claimed responsibility for vandalism across the state and the country at homes and businesses they deem to be sympathetic to or directly involved in construction of the facility. The so-called forest defenders see the training center as Atlanta doubling down on the militarization of police. They see the destruction of the forest will exacerbate climate change and lead to more pollution. A local organizer said the officers rammed through a proposal despite enormous public opposition. There was not a lot of public opposition, by the way. The Atlanta Community Press Collective has said the government is, is escalating the situation pointlessly. I, so I've got a friend, very good friend, who I need to get together with for golf and fly fishing. Or just to have a beer with. Might be listening right now. He goes to church with the guy who is the supervisor for development of the project. The church has had to hire extra security because the project manager goes to church there. The church has had to hire security to protect their congregants because of harassment from these Antifa people over this project solely because the guy who's overseeing the construction project goes to that church. That man himself, his companies had to provide security for his family. This is not America. This is the third world. And 
they should, in fact, be building this. And they should not bully the police in this. They should vacate the premises. The property used to be a prison farm. It's owned by Atlanta and sits in DeKalb County. You'll notice they keep referring to it as a park. It's time to crack down on these Antifa terrorists. It's time to build this facility. It's time to get in there with bulldozers, clean the land, and stop humoring these people. Run the bulldozers, clear the land, build the facility. These people want to fight, so fight them. Joe Biden the other day said people with guns, with AR-15s, can't really do anything because they're fighting the government with F-15s. Send in the F-15s. Do what Joe Biden says you should do. I mean, the president himself seems to advocate this position. It's time to clean up this forest, tear down the trees, pour the cement, and build a police training facility that will equip the police and teach them better training tactics and stop humoring these people. It's time to move on. It's time to proceed. It's time to build and stop coddling a group of terrorists. And kudos to the governor and the attorney general of the state of Georgia for deciding it's time to stop coddling them and forcing the issue and getting the police to go in there and start clearing the land. Build build this facility and drive Antifa out. I, uh, the coddling of protesters. You know, the, the last time they did this in Atlanta, of course, the, a little girl got killed when the former mayor of Atlanta allowed those people to set up that um, that zone where Rashid, oh, what's his name, um, got, got killed. He was drunk in the Burger King parking lot and uh, tried to taser the police and then ran with the taser and they shot him and he got killed. And a bunch of these same people went there and did that whole zone where you weren't allowed to go in there anymore. And a mom was trying to turn around in the parking lot. She got lost and they opened fire on her and killed her kid. That's what they had. Today, a police officer has been shot. You've got to stop coddling these people and humoring these people. Treat them like the terrorists they are and drive them off the property and build the police training facility. Hello there. Let me see if I can make James the last caller of the day. James, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. I'll make it quick since I'm the last caller. Um, 31 states in the United States have already enacted uh, new minimum wage laws, bringing everyone, the fry guy, the grocery bagger, everybody up to $15 an hour, uh, either immediately over or over the course of a couple of years. So the Fed is raising rates. They need to have wage cuts. And these people can't be cut because there's laws protecting them now. Um, They can't go back to where they were before or backwards at all. The wage cuts of the future are going to come from the middle class. They're going to come from the $20 to $30 or $40 an hour people, Uh, the professionals, the people who went to college. That's where all the wage cuts are going to come from in the future. And I just wanted to add that to the conversation. Yeah, look, I'm glad you said that. Um, I, I, one, I instinctively oppose the minimum wage because I think the market should set the wage. um, And having a a minimum, I think, is, is... not a not a smart thing to do. Um, is the wage it's going up in twenty three states, um, forty one cities and counties. Additionally, have uh, their own minimum wages, and what's actually happening is um, a whole lot of 
businesses in areas that have a 15-hour minimum wage. They've cut other benefits to be able to make it work. Uh, in Washington State now, a large number of businesses have gotten rid of their internal health care programs because they've been required to raise their wages to $15 an hour, so they pushed their employees out to a uh, to Obamacare. And a lot of them have given up other retirement benefits. They've cut 401k contributions. So there's a real trade-off that people who just look at the bottom line number of salary, they, they don't, they're not paying attention to the future. So, okay, you got $15 an hour minimum wage now, but you're no longer getting an employer match to your 401k. That's not going to help you long-term. People don't think these things through. And I, I really am opposed to a mandate for a minimum wage, particularly by a state uh, that is so high and they can say all they want, a, a, a living wage or what have you. But what we're seeing actually is a lot of businesses can't afford it. I mean, look at Noma. I talked about this the other day. Noma is the uh, world's top restaurant. Because they were accused of treating their interns so badly, they decided they were going to pay their interns. They're going to pay their interns a total of 50000 a month total for their interns. And people go to Noma, they pay $500 per person to eat there. And now they've decided they got to close the restaurant. They, they can't afford to make it work anymore. Can't afford to make it work. Now you can, you can criticize Noma and you, you, can, you can criticize them for other things, but it's not a coincidence that they agreed to pay their interns who they were accused of abusing. Now they can abuse them because they're giving them money. And now they're like, oh, we can't make it work anymore. High-end dining isn't sustainable anymore. It's not at that financial level when you're having to pay people for that. Um, I still think employers and employees should be able to set some wages. I understand the social safety net, but uh, setting a minimum for wage that is higher than what the market would bear is against the basic rules of economics, and we shouldn't be doing that, and we shouldn't be elevating it so high that you put businesses out of business. You don't have to work there if you don't want to, but we should allow those businesses to be able to thrive if they can. The idea that, well, you should shut your business down if you can't afford to pay, they could, just not at that price point.